0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Go There, the podcast about searching for God in a post-truth world. And I'm here with the well-rested, therefore packed with wisdom, Mark Brewer,
1: this week. <laughs> I'm not even sure either of those things are true. But no, you had a few days but off. But sure, A few I days did. off.
0: I did. So you must have gained some wisdom
1: in those uh, few days. Let's go with that.
0: Let's go with that. We're talking this week about the Shield of Faith, Where you said, Mark, when we talk about faith, most often we talk about the opposite of confidence. We talk about things that are not certain. And then you read Hebrews 11.1, you talked about the definition of faith. So what is faith? Is it about believing in things we can't be sure of, or is it some some other definition?
1: Yeah, I think think we've kind of talked down about faith for too long, And, and we did make it a thing where you know, it's the opposite of confidence. If I'm about to go do something and I don't know how it's going to go, I don't know if I can do it. We'll, we'll just kind of jokingly say like, well, you better step out in faith. (laughs) And, and we've treated it like this really uncertain, shaky foundation. But according to Hebrews 11, you know, it talks about it being like, this is, you can be sure of, of things that you're believing in and hoping for. You can be convinced and you can be certain of, of, these beliefs that you have and so it uses words that are the exact opposite of uncertain and shaky it says we can be convinced and certain and, and so faith i think is a really strong belief that mm. the thing you are believing in and hoping for it isn't just a shot in the dark but it, it's got some meat to it, it mm. it's got some foundation to it i think it's more than what we give it credit for yeah
0: if faith is about being Sure, or confident, or convinced. We often talk about it being convinced of things that we can't see or we can't prove. Is that confidence, just kind of confidence in confidence? Is it is it a blind trust, or is it based on some facts, some hard evidence that makes that faith rational and reasonable? What do you think about that?
1: Yes, (laughs) I I think it's a bit of both. I think there's certainly times when it is a bit of a a blind trust like you said and you're simply believing because you believe and the evidence isn't in front of you but you're still going off you know what i hope is so strong in me that i'm going for it anyway but i do think that oftentimes especially when it comes to our faith that it that it is rooted in things that we do believe we have evidence for or there is more to it than just a shot in the dark but there's there's all these evidences and all these ideas that that you could really kind of dig into mm. yeah i think of
0: it a bit like you know i came in this room and sat in this chair i didn't know for sure it was going to hold me up but i had some pretty good evidence right i could look at it and see that it looked sound and all that but you're still there's still some unknowns right when you do it like, like starting my car. Probably for, for probably sure. everything's good, but you never know.
1: No. Yeah. And I couldn't even tell you how it works, right? <laughs> yeah, but
0: exactly. But it I'm, does. I'm, I'm hoping it does, though. Yeah. So if we talk about God or faith in God or faith in Jesus, what is the body of evidence that— data or the evidence that says, hey, there is a reasonable basis for faith in Jesus.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a big one I and mean, we could talk about this for a mm-hmm. long time. One of them just being simply history. Mm-hmm. And and you go back far enough um, for thousands of years, really, this story of God that has been written and shared and discovered on scrolls and, and you know, has impacted the lives mm-hmm. of Uh, literally millions of people throughout history, Mm -hmm. at some point you have to look at that and say, is there something to that? Mm -hmm. Like what other movement has had that much clout and history and validity and people that have given everything to it for so many years? You know, at some point that that holds some water, right? That's Mm -hmm. got some, you know, if someone came up to me tomorrow and said, you should believe this thing, no one else is believing it, no one else is following it, no one ever has, chances of me going with that person are pretty slim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but but when you look at the deep, rich history of the Bible and of Christianity, man, there, there's a lot in there. Mm. And I don't know how people can look at all of that and just kind of throw it away as if it means nothing. There's, there's certainly some weight to yeah. even just our, our history. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking
0: about... In my own experience, you know, earlier we had talked about this term you used about handing the keys over, right? It's Mm -hmm. like kind of surrendering. When I did that in my life, funny enough, I didn't actually need to go look at a lot of evidence. But then later I found myself wanting to go look at evidence. So it's kind of like I surrendered my life to God. And then I went, wait a minute, how do I know this Bible is historically reliable? How do I know it hasn't changed and copied over the years? And then I went, after the
1: fact and looked at
0: evidence. And we're all kind of different, aren't we?
1: Yeah. I'm uh, right now I'm reading through uh, a book by a guy named Tim Keller called Mm. the reason for God. Mm. It really touches on a lot of those. Mm. Here are some arguments you may have heard about why religion is bad or God isn't real, but here's some really good thoughts and evidences and arguments for his belief and why it might be real there really is a lot to it i kind of go in patterns where i'm evidence heavy for a while and really exploring some of those Mm. writings and uh, mere christianity and c.s lewis and then there's phases where i'm just like i don't know i'm good yeah (laughs) it's yeah. Would you recommend that
0: book that Tim Keller's book? Uh, absolutely yeah. would. Yeah. Maybe at, I'll put a link to it on
1: our notes we should. on the podcast. At, yeah. the, at the time of this podcast, that's it was, right. It was $2 on, oh, K- on wow. Kindle. So that's why I grabbed it. What a deal, um, but I would definitely pay more than $2. So good if it's still not on sale, go for it anyway. Awesome. You titled this
0: talk, the shield of faith. And it's in a series around dress code where you're going through Ephesians and in Ephesians 6 it talks about holding up the shield of faith.
1: So how is it that faith is a shield? I think I kind of gave this three points, like a classic sermon. But faith is like a shield in a variety of ways. One of the, the main ones being that a shield is designed to take a hit for you. It's designed to withstand blows from the enemy so that you're not the one taking all of those hits. And so in a lot of ways, our faith is a thing that protects us from whatever despair or discouragement or lies or doubts or trials or whatever whatever that might look like when we when we say words like you know an attack from the enemy people go different places there but you know my faith is certainly a thing that protects me in those times and I don't have to believe every lie I don't have to be discouraged at every doubt I, I don't have to kind of let those things take over but I've got a faith that says No, God is bigger than this, and there's still joy in the middle of this, and so in a lot of ways, it it really serves as the thing that takes those hits for me, so that I don't have to take those hits. Another interesting way that we talked about was that for the Roman soldiers back in the first century, their shields worked better together, Um, so they would almost put like a huge shell around themselves. My shield was connected to another shield, which was connected to another shield. And it was almost this impenetrable fortress. They called it a tortoise. Hmm. They could walk in that way and, you know, nothing's going to get through. No arrows were getting through that. Hmm. And I loved that picture because for us faith works the same way Hmm. and that certainly it's an individual faith that you have with jesus but at the same time you're in a community you're in another body of believers or a family and we're stronger that way and we're better that way and so i I loved that picture of we're better together yeah and then finally a shield was intended to push them forward too Hmm. it wasn't just to hold back and stand on your heels kind of thing but they they really get in that formation to take ground and to move in on enemy territory and to take a city mm. i like that idea too that faith isn't just a defensive mechanism mm. that you know people call it a crutch and that's just the thing you lean on when life is hard yeah but no it, it pushes me forward it it keeps me moving and it progresses me towards things and what's next and mm. uh, I i really like that picture too
0: yeah i love that analogy it's uh you, you immediately think of a shield as a defensive weapon, but the idea that it's an offensive weapon mm. because it enables you to move forward, I think is really a really cool picture. I thought of Captain America, you know, he uses his <laughs> <Yes>. shield. <laughs> it's amazing that I didn't talk about Captain America. his shield uh, as yeah. a weapon. I
1: showed a lot of restraint by not talking right. about
0: superheroes. That's right. Okay, let's say I have confidence, but I don't do anything about it. Um, and you quoted James and you said, faith without action is dead. Uh, then you described this thing you called the Hall of Faith, I guess, uh, have an analogy of the Hall of Fame, about a, a list of people who did something or who took action that their faith wasn't just kind of conceptual. Who were those
1: people in the Hall of Faith, and uh, what did they do? Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a pile of them in Hebrews 11, and some of them, for instance, were uh, Abraham, who it sounds kind of crazy now but god basically told him to walk up this mountain and sacrifice his son give mm-hmm. his son as a sacrifice uh, which doesn't make sense and god wouldn't ask that but abraham obeys mm-hmm. and before obviously he gets through with it god provides a sacrifice and it was a test in a lot of ways to mm-hmm. see if abraham would follow through even with some kind of crazy request mm-hmm. and and he does you think of uh, noah he's called to build a boat Mm. and they're not near water and Mm. it's never rained. You know, Mm. that's, that's a little bit crazy. Mm. Uh, Moses trying to lead this huge crowd of Egyptian or people out of Egyptian slavery, which at that time, crazy thought that this one guy could somehow turn the tide on an entire nation being enslaved. And so there's just all these people who are up against these huge challenges or things that didn't make sense. But they go for it. Mm. Yeah. And so they
0: acted against what looked like insurmountable circumstances because they believe God was going to do what he said he was going to do. Right. And uh, yeah. And you talked about by faith, people overthrew kingdoms, blah, blah, blah. And it's that whole idea of they didn't just go,
1: yeah, I believe you can do this, God. Right. Yeah, yeah. I believe my God can do anything. But yeah. then when he asks you, it's like, yeah. well, no, I mean, not yeah. really. Now you asked a question that I
0: think's um a tough one. You said, do you believe God even when he doesn't or when he hasn't yet? Mm-hmm. I, I suspect there's a lot of people, you know, who've either been through or are currently in a tough life circumstance. And often that is when we, whether we believe God or not, we might call out to God and say, God, help me you know, I'm in this mess, help me. But maybe you've done that and you're discouraged because you haven't seen God do anything yet. You asked that question. I love that question. What advice do you have for people who are in that situation at the moment?
1: Yeah, that's, that is a big one because we do wrestle with, we believe that it's a promise that God is our provider, but there's a lot of people in need. Mm-hmm. So does that negate the fact that god is a provider Mm. while it doesn't there's a variety of circumstances why he might not provide in that moment or that scenario or to that person whatever the case might be but just because he isn't currently doing it doesn't somehow mean that he can't or is unable for the people who are wrestling with that which is probably all of us to some degree at any given point i think it's constantly reminding ourselves that that god is who he is and he is who he he says he is and can do what he says he can do even if he currently isn't that is faith Hmm. it's that confidence it's that certainty that that god is a healer even when i'm sick a provider even when i'm in need that he's just even when things around me aren't just it's holding on to that hope and that faith that there is a day coming when he will do those things or be those things even if it's not right now in this moment. Uh, So it's really a waiting game. A lot of times it's a patience builder. It teaches us perseverance and endurance. Uh, You don't learn those things when you get what you want immediately. Mm. Those things don't come like that.
0: Mm. Actually, it reminds me of, I was thinking about your hall of fame or another scenario with Abraham where God said, I'm going to bless you And through your descendants, there will be as many as the stars in the sky and the sands in the seashore. And he was already, what, 100 years old? Yes. And so was his wife. He made that promise. Abraham, you know, it didn't happen right away. After a while, Sarah, his wife, said, well, maybe we need to make this happen. So here, take my concubine and have a baby with her. That's probably how God's going to do this. And then God comes back after that and says, reiterates his promise. The timing isn't always what we think it should be. Even after hearing that from God, he's like,
1: nothing happened. That can't be what he means by that.
0: Yeah. And then the evidence is, well, nothing happened. So obviously he didn't mean that, Mm -hmm. but he did. It just wasn't right now. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things where it, it only ever makes sense looking back, Yeah. but that's hard in the present.
0: So you ended with two questions. You said, what are you believing God for? And then what? promise from God are you acting on in faith? What do you mean when you're referring to promises and how can you act on those?
1: I think sometimes promises from God are things that you read in the Bible that we can all hold on to. Mm -hmm. The promise that he will never leave us or forsake us. The promise that if we accept him as as our savior, that there's promises in that for what that means for us now and in the future. So those are promises for all of us equally across the board. I do think there are times when God will give people a specific promise for them or their family or that time or that day. Mm -hmm. And that's when faith really kind of comes into full gear because you have no way of testing that or knowing that other than to say, oh, I'm really believing that this is what God is asking us to do. Mm. And so I, I've got promises pertaining to the church mm-hmm. that I'm leading right mm-hmm. now and things that I, I believe are going to happen for us and that we're supposed to be doing in the coming years. And we've got promises in our family that, that we're going to adopt someday mm. and what that timeline might look like and when. Uh, certainly not, didn't think we'd be, Still at that point, but but here we are, but we still hold on to that promise. And so I think it's hard for me to specify what someone else's promises might be, but I think if God is speaking those to you, you'll know. He he doesn't ask you once and then have you forget. Like, yeah, you missed it. (laughs) I
0: remember uh, what came to
1: mind as you're talking about
0: that is my my wife used to talk about this promise. It says, uh, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And it was this idea that God actually cared about the desires of your heart as opposed to someone might think, oh, God just wants me to do miserable things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But actually believing that scripture to say, actually, God does want to give me these desires of my heart, but I have to delight myself in him. You know, Mm -hmm. and just holding on to some of those promises, which I think certain ones just resonate more with people based on where you are. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, Mark, for this discussion on the Shield of Faith, uh, the podcast that... (laughs) I had a good
1: one. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> good. There's, there's no. Can you uh, think of one? There's no snappy. Can you think of Final one? line or no, anything there? No. It's, uh, I'm,
0: I'm losing faith, right now. The podcast yeah. that doesn't lose faith.